1: Powered by Behind the Racket, the podcast dedicated to looking at the top issues facing tennis and getting to know the players facing them. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as
2: well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. The Coffee Cast can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make
1: sure to leave a review. Special thanks to our sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. And we want you to be a part of the conversation.
2: Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at MikeCTennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com.
1: And now... Well it's nice to be joined by Bjorn Fratangelo here um as we're in the midst I guess of the two week preseason off season I don't I don't know how you guys I don't know what do you label this right now is this preseason for you off season mixture of both It's preseason now Yeah the off season is vacation time that's how I consider it which is
2: the 4 days that we have to you know relax and and, and enjoy it and then we have yeah preseason where you're grinding and getting back and already looking at Pay for
1: your two thousand dollars flight to Australia.
3: That's that's how I look at it too. Like, <laughs> just like
1: that, Bjorn. I just want to say congratulations uh, for the first time in your career. You didn't go into November like really fighting for that top one hundred spot. You didn't have to worry about that stress. I mean, that had to be a a, a load off your mind.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't go into November at all, or or uh, October, or really September too. Um, No, I mean, look, it's been what feels like a long few months, Um, and really, it's only been a few months. Um, I actually saw Noah Mm -hmm. about, what, five, six weeks ago. I Mm -hmm. went to New York to see a doctor at uh, the hospital for special surgery there in Manhattan and uh, saw a foot specialist, had some lunch with Noah, caught up a little bit. I was only there for the day. Um, But yeah, aside from that, it's been a lot of rehab. It's been a lot of touch and go. And um, I'm actually, yeah, ready to get back on court fully.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, uh yeah, it was obviously great to see you. Under those circumstances, it kind of sucked. Um, but that's kind of what we wanted to talk about today. I mean, is, is you know, the dealing with injuries, the day-in, day-out struggle of almost consistently rehabbing because of how strenuous tennis is mentally and physically. But, you know, we, we were in carry together, you know. Obviously, we actually – all all three of us mm-hmm. really enjoy that tournament. I know Mike really enjoys that tournament. and But here we are. Here we are, Bjorn, <laughs> issues with the foot, and we're talking. I remember this exactly. And I'm like, you're actually going to play? You're like, yeah, yeah it was, was going to be fine. Everything everything's going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> and you put in a hell of an effort against Red, right, Mike Berlicki? Yeah. Yeah. Mike. And he was playing well. You grinded that match out and you're like, I can't walk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was the next day. And I'm like, shit. Uh, okay. And, and I think, I don't think people understand what it means to not only just play tennis, but to worry day in, day out about the rankings and making sure that you're healthy for 11 months, but it's impossible. I mean, you are working through pain. I mean, yeah. Kind of talk about the process for you You know, the first time you felt the pain, I guess, I guess in your foot, we'll go with this one. And then, you know, what was, what was the day in, day out kind of process for you of going through it? I mean, how it started when you were thinking about taking time off or really when it started to get serious?
3: Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, right? Like, you know, you go from what all of us start our injuries with things that we think are going to go away in two days. You know, and that's every player's thinking process. Oh, I'll give it a couple of days, some treatment; it's gonna go away. But for me, I mean, this started all the way back. The first time I really felt it was um, during Ilkley, and it was on the grass, and it just started with you know, kind of pain in my heel when I was waking up in the morning, and, and then it would go away. And I'm like, okay, weird. Same thing for basically the majority of the grass court season. And then I come home from Wimbledon. I go home to Pittsburgh, see my family for a couple of days, chill out, I actually hit while I'm there. And that was the first time on court, I guess, maybe transitioning from grass to, to hard where I felt like, okay, this is actually bothering me a little bit on court. But then it would, again, I would warm up, I would play 10, 15 minutes. It would kind of go away. And it kind of went through that progression for quite some time until around, I would say Washington, and then in Washington, it really started to get really bad. Um, it was hurting all the time, on court, off court. In the mornings, was super severe. After matches, was really severe also. But, I mean, it was to the point, it got to the point in Aptos where, after I, I lost uh, to Ernesto in like an almost three-hour match. It was
1: a 39-game <laughs> match. Yeah, it, it, was, uh, oh. it was unbelievable.
3: <laughs> it was really, really high-level tennis, but I was in pain literally the whole time and the next morning i had like a super early flight out of san jose and i could seriously like barely walk through the airport and i was like all right something's something's wrong so i go home get some scans basically it's just diagnosed as like super severe plantar fasciitis and you know we tried cortisone injection took two weeks off um you know this was post us open after like the almost five hour match i had with simone there so i really had some like matches that were just literally I had tears in my eyes playing beat the shit out of you (laughs) yeah and it was something like you you know you don't think that it's like plantar fasciitis is something that's gonna put you out I mean Mackie had a hamstring tear like Cece had four operations on her wrist like I'm over here dealing with like some foot pain (laughs) (laughs) but it was literally like I would wake up in the middle of the night have to use the bathroom and like crawl because of how bad the pain was and then that's finally when I went to New York to see um, Dr. O'Malley and um, he did a PRP injection. We did another form of like this shockwave treatment. And then I was in a boot for two weeks after that.
1: Well, and, I, I yeah. he, here's the thing, Bjorn. I, it's, you know, you two talking about it, you guys obviously experience this on a daily basis. For me, from my point of view, I find myself thinking, and I know a lot of fans have the same question. How do you guys take care of health insurance? How is your medical treatment taken care of? Where does the money come from that? And is it different for U.S.-based players versus foreign players?
3: Um, Well, I mean, first of all, the insurance, uh, I have Cigna health insurance that's provided through the ATP. Um, Once you hit top 200, you basically do your three-day crash course, which is the ATP (laughs) University you know, they actually teach you about how the insurance works on top of other things. And then it's, if you, it's there, if you want it, it's optional. If you don't want it, like if your parents or something, have a good plan until you're 26 or whatever. Great. Mine didn't, because if I was out of the Pittsburgh area, it basically didn't work. Mm -hmm. Um, So I switched to the Cigna program and it basically just gets paid in with your division one dues as an ATP member. Uh, The medical treatment, you know, I have it here at USTA, and then on the road, I've obviously used Scott Clark for some years now. Um, you know, I don't see him when I'm based at home, which I have been now for a long time. Um, but it's been it's been good. Um, you know, they've they've uh, people here have been super helpful. They actually hired uh, Diego Ramirez, who used to work with Scott um, back in the day. So I have already had a previous relationship with him. So that's been good. Um and yeah, it's, it's, it's been interesting because it's like foot rehab is kind of weird. You know, it's, it's not normal, like a shoulder injury or a wrist or something like that. It's, it's kind of, it's very complex because there's so much going on in the foot. So it's, it's been a little interesting. Um, but I mean, I've learned a lot about it and, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of it. I mean, if I wanted to see any other doctors or any other PTs, you know, that would go through insurance and whatnot. So, yeah that's kind of it Scott's you know I've paid him for the last few years uh, that's kind of how it goes
2: but um, yeah I mean the foot has got to be really difficult because you're not walking in our hands you know there's no really way to rest it without being in the boot in the boot which even then you know that you're still probably putting a decent amount of pressure on it but you know I want to kind of look at the mental side and why injuries are such an epidemic in tennis I mean What were you ranked right around Wimbledon, U.S. Open time? What was your ranking around? I
3: think I was around maybe 125, 130, and then around U.S. Open, I was maybe around 115, around there.
2: So you're definitely close to top 100. You're definitely around that area where you're thinking, well, if I don't make it for the Open, let's try to push for the year-end Australian Open. Let's get into it. So tell... A lot of people don't, I mean, they could probably grasp the idea, but they don't really think about it. How difficult is it to think, you know what, let's just take two weeks off now. You know, it's just hurting a little bit. It's not really affecting my tennis necessarily, but I'm in pain. I don't know what it is. I don't know where it's going to go from here. But how difficult is it to take two weeks off when there's really no good time to take two weeks off even without a slam to say let's rest this now and let's, you know, I feel like a lot of tennis players get into this mode that, until I am literally in your situation, unable to walk, that's that's when I'm gonna take it because we need the points, we need the money, we don't have, you know, a salary to cover us when we're not playing. So you know, what is it, what goes through your head when you are starting to feel this pain? Because you've dealt with other injuries, you know, what does it feel like to you know sit down and say, do I really need to take some time off?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think you you hit the nail on the head, and, and it sucks. I mean, you're you're thinking about a lot of things. For me, it was. You know, I had a, a, a big fall the previous year in, in 2018. And, uh, you know, I had a, a lot coming off. And you have goals you want to achieve. You have things you want to do. And, and it's tough, you know, in that very moment to just say, hey, I'm going to just take these two weeks and, and rest. Number one. Number two, you have to be careful with your withdrawals because those are tricky where I've already blew my two – Free, free ones early in the year and people
1: don't know that by the way that you only get two free ones
3: yeah it's a it's a very tough rule i mean you get two free withdrawals per level so per challenger 250 500 1000 but you know without
2: an excuse you could just pull out from yeah, a tournament. you can just
3: say hey i'm not playing you don't right. have to give a reason but for every tournament that i've pulled out of after us open i mean i had to basically appeal a fine I had to go through a whole process of getting a doctor's note. I mean, every tournament, the doctor was saying the same thing on the note. Look, he's still in pain. He's still under my care. Like, he can't play. He can't fly. And I mean, I think that's a, that's a rule that's it's just, out do like, why are we getting penalized when we're hurt? We have to pay you money, yet we're not making any when we're hurt. I think that's, it's just a bad rule. I think it's a pretty outdated rule. I understand from a, from the organization side because you want commitment from players and if you're that hurt okay well guess what here's your here's your responsibility we're going to find you because guys that are big names that are drawing tournaments not at the challenger level you know if they pull out of an event that tournament's going to hurt from from that player pulling out or players but I think like it it needs to be a little bit easier because I had a hell of a process like in the fall just pulling out of events because you have to enter three or six weeks before and then you have to pull out before the freeze deadline which let's be honest nobody really knows when that is <laughs> 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 is it Friday at five is it Friday at noon no one knows you know so then you end up pulling out late and this and that but yeah I, I just think it's uh it's a little bit it's hard
2: I yeah I mean you know just looking at other sports. And just taking it from the side of the contracts where they are making guaranteed money. You have players that have way less than severe injuries, way less injuries that haven't affected them, but they are just making sure that everything's okay. And they'll take off time because, one, they know they're going to still be a part of that team. Two, they know they're still going to make money. I mean, does that ever affect... The process of things do you ever think like wow like you know it'd be nice to i mean i know for sure whether it's a a thousand or a slam and i know that i can maybe sneak out a match and that's 10k or 50k that i would love to be there playing even if it means you know i'm at a 20 30 percent you know higher risk of getting injured do you think about that
3: i mean i've never really thought about you know withdrawing and being like oh man this is a opportunity where i'm not going to make money Mm -hmm. it's also been to the point like i haven't been really direct on my own of of main draw of slams and i feel like if i'm losing on if i'm losing out on like main draw of a challenger or or a 250 or something like yeah it's an opportunity to, to make a lot of money but you're not initially making a lot of money so i've never really thought of it like that but i have thought of it where i've been out for this long now and i haven't had a paycheck in a while and like i still have to live life i still have to have you know, get groceries, buy food, like
1: Christmas presents.
3: Yeah. Christmas is around the corner. It's, it's a, <laughs> apparently like, Christmas it's presents so- are like a
1: big deal in your house, Bjorn. That's all I know. Oh yeah. yeah. I've seen yeah. this tree and stuff.
2: This is, this is a lot, yeah. there's, there's a lot, a lot going under. on. Yeah.
3: Um, <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, look, flights to go home for the holidays. I mean, you know, stuff adds up and yes, my last check really was us open, which yeah, I understand is some people's yearly salaries, if not more, but like, you know I'm a tennis player for for reasons beyond that and you know this is yeah it's money that I could have been making this entire fall and I didn't
1: Bjorn I was courtside for about two sets of that match with Simone um at the yep. open and just sitting there and and I could tell that you were not a hundred percent I think anybody who was courtside could see that you were not a hundred percent how did it affect your mindset within the match? How much did you have to change? And how much is that a, a factor when you do deal with these injuries week in, week out?
3: I mean, it, it it sucked. It sucked because, first of all, the guy across the net is just a nightmare <laughs> of any problem. I mean, I would you go through the draw, maybe the only other guy that I wouldn't have wanted to play that day is like Rafa. Because, hmm. you know, Simone's going to show up on every point and make a ton of balls and I've played them before and I know know what to expect. And, you know, I mean, once the adrenaline pumps, I, I really didn't feel it a lot. And my foot was so taped up that I really even couldn't feel that because it was, I didn't have any like blood flow to it. Mm. Pretty much. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, look, and then obviously the more hours that match went, I mean, both of us were fried at the end. We yeah. walked to the locker room we could barely function. But yeah, I mean, it it affected me a bit. It, it was it was tough, more mentally, just leading up to that because, you know, I wasn't practicing all that much. I wasn't doing the things that I would normally do to get ready for a big tournament or a Grand Slam. It was more just like maintenance to make sure that once match day came around, I was as close to hundred percent as possible. And then once I did get the wild card for the US Open, I think that's another reason why I kept playing was because I didn't want it to look. Bad if I was gonna pull out of events before and then play the U.S. Open on a wild card.
2: There's more than enough things that, you know, are an issue. I, 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 you know, Mike and I have spoken about this before. How it's like truly a snowball effect. So you're not making money while you're injured, which. Then you can't really afford necessarily to pay for the rehab and then it's just a continuous process where you kind of get back into it a little bit but you're not fully there and then once you're back in you don't have the cash to really continue throughout the year to make sure you're in the best shape possible i mean you know luckily you are at 115 but people that are at 250 you know they they can't afford anything so how difficult is it to like manage monetarily when to have somebody with you at tournaments, when to, you know, visit the doctors at home. Um, how tricky is it? Or is it just like, I'm going to spend every last dollar I have to make sure I'm okay?
3: It's hard. I mean, I, I think you have to know how severe your injury really is. And, and you know, I think you you pay for the root of, of what's causing it. Um, you know, I, I feel like if you're in a situation where it's hard to afford something, I mean, you, you surely would want to pay to know what's wrong or why it's happening, and then it's up to that player, you know, or person to to think of, you know, how they want to attack it. I mean, for me, fortunately, I don't have to think about that if it comes to that. I mean, I, I also have the resources here in Orlando where it is free for the players, and, and that helps a ton. Um, but no, I mean, it's it's not easy, and you know, tennis has become you know, just super involved with, with a whole team. And and it's like, if you don't have a whole team, then you kind of feel like you're not doing things correctly. But I don't know. I feel like sometimes a big team is, is really not what people need. I've seen it firsthand with top guys and close up with, you know, friends. But I mean, I think to each their own, it's nice to have somebody for a specific part of, of your needs you know, that is solely addressed to you. But at the same time, I mean, I, th- I think uh, once you know what the root of the problem is and, and you get, you know, a way to kind of attack or address the problem, it's, it's up to you how bad you want to do those things to get back on board.
1: I want to talk a little bit about your team, kind of shifting gears just a little bit. Um, I remember boy was it was it a year ago year and a half two years ago when when brad left to to go join kevin anderson right before the season started um i i know you didn't really talk about it too much about how it affected you emotionally and mentally at the beginning of that season but now you've been working with him a little bit again over the last few months um and it and it does feel like you have a little bit more of a sturdy team around you what what you want and I'm sure there's a lot of um, anxiety, but also a lot of real positive anxiety as well about getting back out there um, come 2020.
3: Yeah, you know what's interesting is we found uh, somebody to help me out through last summer that it was going to be, you know, kind of under Brad's wing and, and uh, this guy, Yannick, and mm-hmm. he was actually supposed to be here already, but he got deported. Um, okay. So that whole situation now has. Uh, has basically fallen <laughs> through the wayside Okay, um, hey. so yeah Philadelphia airport sent him on a flight back home to Germany um, Jesus yeah that's for that's for another discussion but you know, <laughs> he's, yeah he's at home I mean he had a hell of a night he had to spend a night basically in Philadelphia jail because uh, there were no more flights back to Zurich um, yeah he had the some of the worst luck immigration had called me asking me questions about him Um it sucks. But now he can't come back in the country unless he has a work visa. Okay. Jesus. Fuck. Uh, so what yeah. the hell are you doing? <laughs> well, um, you know, Troy has, has been helping me out. Um, Troy Hahn. Yeah, Troy Han. Um, you know, he helps me out a ton when I'm, when I'm at home. Um, and he's he's great. It, it sucks that he doesn't travel as much as I, I wished he did. Um, but – I told Brad right now like I don't want to go through the process of finding someone new, especially with the rehab and stuff I'm doing on my foot I feel like I'm in a good headspace I'm definitely rested You know, if I, I can attack the next year at least in the beginning with just coaches that I know and coaches that I already have a relationship with and I just don't want to go through the process of, of finding someone new I had a good situation, Yannick was great we were meshing really well but you know, this is out of our control. Um, so that's just kind of how it goes. Yeah. I
2: think it's funny. I get it. The sport of tennis, what you sacrifice, like you talk to somebody else. I mean, I have guys, I have friends that play in the MLS and all this and yeah, they might not make much money cause the MLS, but like, they would never ever hear those words come out <laughs> of somebody's mouth. Like I'm not, you know, I might not have a coach. And this is what I tell them all the time. Like, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm in a good headspace, and that's all that matters. Like, if I if I can have the help to use whoever whether it's like a, a Brian Baker or somebody like that that's fine but yeah I'm just gonna be on my own they're like what do you mean we the coach is there I'm like no the coach is not there <laughs> he got deported
3: yeah no it's it sucked I was blown away I mean my jaw dropped to the ground when I when I heard what was going on and it, yeah
2: like you don't have enough to worry about <laughs> yeah
3: it, it's it's it sucks but again it's just it is what it is
2: that's that's kind of how it goes isn't it
3: yeah sure is
1: um on a a more bigger scale here um you know a lot of people will kind of hear this and you know we've we've talked a lot about the difficulties here um what are the things you're excited about in in terms of this this upcoming year along with christmas coming up in a couple weeks my god i mean the christmas posts your your (laughs) lovely girlfriend posts I, i can't imagine the pressure you're under
3: yeah, no, trust me, I'm under a ton of pressure all the, all the time, not just around the holidays. Uh, no, I'm kidding. But, yeah, her, her house looks like Santa threw up all over it. Uh, I just put my tree up last night. So um, No, but I'm excited just, number one, to just walk around. I'm starting to walk around pain-free again, which mm. is great. Uh, number two, to play competitively. I mean, I haven't played any points yet. I've been hitting only for three weeks now. Um you know, and just I want to play points I want to get back into that competitive miss that you know I love about the sport and I miss the guys I mean I, I missed you know noah and and the rest of my friends on on tour i mean the, these are some of my best friends and you know everyone's doing their own thing nobody lives in the same place so it's uh you know it it sucks not seeing them but it's like <laughs> a big frat out a big frat house out there, so it's um you know i feel like i've been very you know just kind of here doing my rehab mm. not doing a whole lot so I, I miss the guys i miss you know getting back it's been nice not getting on a plane every week i'm not sure. gonna say it, but i miss the traveling um but at the same time you know it was bjorn cool. misses me <laughs> yeah Beyond <laughs> likes me. Yeah. Your head is so big right now. That's crazy.
2: Like that. <laughs> I take little pieces. Like you banks once said, like I was an okay person. You said you miss. I, I need just little pieces here and there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, actually, I feel the same way. I mean, I miss. I miss playing points. I miss running. I miss running yeah, for drop shots. I miss exactly. scream. I miss our practices in Nona, where we're just absolutely brutalizing each other.
3: Oh yeah, I mean, we had some of the best practices. You know, and I in Orlando just playing sets and having fun and, you know, working at the same time. So, yeah, I definitely miss it. And I'm excited uh, to get back to all that.
1: Well, I, I think uh, a lot of people are excited to see you, um, I think, in just a few weeks. It, that's what it feels like. I don't know if you're going to be out there, but uh, there are a lot of people who I know are very excited to see you play again.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I hope so. I think the plan now, I don't think I'm going to go to Australia. Okay. I think I'm going to start in um, Ann Arbor, assuming I can start mm. the first week of the year if i feel if i start to feel really good have no pain start playing sets i still think i have a couple weeks or week and a half before the deadline so i can kind of make that decision cutting it close i think i'm still in qualities with my ranking Um,
1: yeah you are i just checked you're you're fine
3: so yeah i mean if i feel good i've you know i've qualified a bunch of times in australia i've i've played some good matches there me and Noah had an epic five setter there once yep um So, you know, I I love playing there. I love Melbourne. But at the same time, I don't want to fly 9,000 miles and have a flare-up and something go wrong. I'd rather, you know, maybe start with a challenger here, knowing I'm not going to play the next week, see how it feels. And then there's just a ton of tournaments coming from the end of January. Bjorn, thank you. You're welcome. I miss you too, Bjorn. I miss you too, (laughs) Noah.
2: The show might be over, but the conversation isn't. Join us on social media at NoRuben33 and at
1: MikeCTennis. We want to hear your opinions and stories behind the racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday, and don't forget to leave us ratings on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you behind the racket on the Coffee Cast with Katian and Ruben.